something a bloodbath. Have we got your attention? of Hitchcock and the other masters. Welcome, Gravediggers, to the podcast by the cemetery. I'm your host, Scott, and over in the corner there, wearing his cult robes, is Tim. <laughs> Tonight is going to be a bit of a different episode, because we are only doing... We're, there's only two of us at the moment. We're, we're down a Randy. Yeah, but for, we figure we got give you guys something to listen to, so we're going to just talk about some video games we've been playing, and... Do a mini review of 2017's The Void. Yeah. Uh, so grab your shovels and let's dig in. Yep, let's dig in. So yeah, what uh, what have you been up to, Scott? Well, see, since the last time we recorded, uh, you and I both went to the Renaissance Festival. Yay! Yeah, had a lot of fun there, yeah. drinking and dressed up and everything. Oh yeah, I'm such a nerd. That place is great. Yeah. So much good food, fucking great uh, costumes everywhere. Oh yeah, awesome yeah. shows, awesome good. shops. If you have a Renaissance festival around where you live, you should definitely check it out. Even if you don't think you'd like it, you'd be surprised. Yeah, there's a lot of people I know that are not normally into that type of thing, and they have a blast because there's just so much to do. Yep, yep. And then, uh, how, how about you, Tim? Besides going to Renfest, what you been up to? Uh, well, besides Renfest, not a whole lot of exciting shit. I'm typically a pretty boring person. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> seems about right. That's like pretty much me too. You know, I've watched a bunch of movies and stuff, but I'm saving that for our next episode. Yeah, yeah. We've we've both been doing things. So yes, things and stuff. Things and stuff. But you know, this is uh. Pretty much we're down a co-host because, you know, scheduling differences and personal issues are kind of in the causing everything right now. But, yeah. you know, we'll be back to normal, hopefully here real soon, though. So don't fret. We just wanted to keep you guys, you know, entertained for a little bit so you don't forget about us. Exactly. <laughs> and if you do forget about us, I'll hunt you down. Yes, we'll find you. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I guess we can just jump into what we've been playing. So what have you been playing? Uh, well, um, first thing I've started replaying that Kingdom Come Deliverance game. Uh, that game's so cool. Yeah, yeah, I, I forgot how far I was in it, so I restarted it and then played for a little bit and then totally remembered how far I was in it and was like, shit, I gotta do all that over again. <laughs> but I've been having some fun with that, uh, and then just recently decided that I'd finally jump into the new Mass Effect that came out a little while ago, the Andromeda. How is that? Uh, man, you know, uh, despite all the bad stuff I'd heard about it, I'm having a blast. You know, I'm probably a good seven or eight hours into it, and it just keeps opening up more. So far, so good, I should say. Uh, I might be sorely disappointed as it goes on, but... Right, but you never know, but it's a good continuation of the story? Yeah, uh, well, completely separate story. Doesn't have anything to seem to do with the, the first... And maybe that's why people didn't like it, it's just so separate. But. Yeah, because I heard it kind of takes place between part two and three, like when the attacks are happening with the uh, Reapers. Yeah, sort of. I mean, yeah, I'm not going to spoil too much by telling you how it starts, but right. it, uh, it it basically starts, yeah, like before the Reapers even attacked, but then 
fast forward 600 and some odd years Holy later crap. to where you're like the reapers happened in the past wow so but that's it, cool it has so far far as i can tell nothing to do with it as you so i'm just kind of what the hell it's cool yeah so i'm guessing like the updates definitely made it a lot better over the last year i guess like, i'm guessing yeah yeah i haven't <laughs> seen any ridiculous glitches or anything that's been annoying or anything like that so yeah because yeah, i heard there was like some issues with character models and stuff like that right off the bat and yeah i if i had to complain i'd say they could have done a better job with like the eyes there's a, the eyes don't look quite right on most of the characters like i don't know what it is but i can't put my finger on it hmm. i think it looked better in the previous games but eh, the rest of it's fine and who cares yeah i'm guessing this would be a recommend <laughs> to check out though so yeah, far if you're a fan of like sci-fi space exploration type games and yeah so far i'm having a good time with it so check it out awesome because yeah i've i've had the game forever now and i just never got around to it <laughs> you and your backlog of shit oh i got so many games and i just don't have enough time what have you been playing then man well first off i gotta find i finally got a ps4 pro Ooh, yeah yeah and it's the uh <laughs> limited edition spider-man ps4 pro that oh, came yeah. with the marvel spider-man game and so that's basically what i've been playing this whole entire time um well, actually, before I jump into Spider-Man, I did play uh, a bit of that Strange Brigade game. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, which, you know, it's a four-player co-op, online co-op, and like, you can play it single-player, too. And it's pretty fun. Um, the only real complaint I've had so far is there tends to be some screen tearing, which is odd for a console. Yeah. Yeah, like every time you go to move, it just kind of like you can just see it tear a bit, and it just kind of is uh, takes you out of the game. Yeah, that would, I, you know me, that would annoy the living Jesus out of me. I'd yeah. just be like, why is it doing this? <laughs> right, but it's cool because it's got like the, it's like a 1930s, 1940s style uh, theme, and you're going to these unexplored ruins, and uh, yeah, it's like all mythical creatures and zombies and all sorts of things hmm. that you're shooting and fighting, and you know, it's... It's just like a very arcadey style game, but it's okay. a lot of fun. Really haven't tried the co-op yet, but it's something I plan on playing around with some more. Cool. And then, yeah, then, yeah obviously the big one that I've been playing is Spider-Man, because... Boy to man. Holy crap, dude. This is an amazing game. Like, just the, uh, right off the bat, when you leave Peter Parker's uh, apartment, you jump out the window, and instantly it's like, alright, start swinging, and... Holy crap, the traversal in this game is incredible. You feel like Spider-Man. Yay! Yeah, and I was saying, you've seen me play it, <laughs> yeah. and you're just flying through the city. I've watched you bouncing around as the spoida guy. <laughs> yeah, <and it's, laughs> yeah, the combat reminds me a lot of uh, the Arkham uh, Asylum games. Like, very reminiscent of that, except yeah. for your Spider-Man, so you're trying to do more air combos and it, using it, webs. It'd be kind of hard to, you know, break that, because I know that, the, that Arkham Asylum fighting style thing, that, that very much seemed like it was based off of like the Assassin's Creed type fighting, you know, like that taking on large mobs type mentality, which yeah. as a superhero, that's, yeah, you're kicking everybody's ass. It's great. Yeah, because like, I think in <laughs> Arkham Asylum, you're more on like the defensive and countering and where this one, it makes sense because your spider sense will tingle and you'll just dodge and start attacking on the offensive. And yeah, you can do some crazy stuff like uh, you can web up a guy and then start swinging him around and using him as a weapon and like, you can grab sewer grates and start throwing them around and lift people in the air and start kicking them all over the place. Hell yeah. That's and awesome. the, uh, I'm only, apparently I'm not even at the first act yet, and I've already put in like 12, 13 hours because I've been just 
obsessed with collecting and like just finding things in the city, which for me is impressive because I don't do that in games normally. And this like right off the bat, I'm like hunting down the backpacks, hunting down the locations and like I'm just having a blast just traveling and just kind of doing that. And now mm-hmm. I'm starting to work on the story more. And from what I've played of the story, it's pretty cool story, too. And it's him eight years in his prime as Spider-Man. So he's been okay. Spider-Man and like knows his way around already. And huh. it's got some RPG elements, which are pretty cool, too, because I'm a big RPG nerd. So like being able to level up Spider-Man and getting stronger as the time goes on is really cool. Hell yeah. I know from the, the parts I've watched you play, I'm just like impressed. The scenery is gorgeous. Yeah. I mean, this is the first time I've I've watched a game, a PlayStation 4 game being played on a 4K TV. And I have to say, I'm impressed. As a PC yeah. gamer who usually is really finicky about my, my graphics, this this thing is doing a fine job. Yeah, I, I'm really impressed. And I can't wait to like go back and check out The Witcher 3 or Horizon Zero yeah, Dawn or yeah. other some of these older games that I've played before just to... I really, see the differences. I want I want to see you boot up uh, Assassin's Creed Origins because I, I oh, hear yeah. that one looks really good, especially with the HDR support and all that. So yeah, and then oh, definitely got to check out God of War as well because oh, yeah, that yeah. one has like the option to like improve the graphics even more. And yeah, see that's cool stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. But yeah, that's pretty much what we've been playing. You know, just a quick little rundown of some of our video game stuff because you know we're video game nerds and. Well, Randy's not here to stop us. Yeah, <laughs> we got no Randall to interrupt us, so he's probably just like, fucking Pac-Man. <laughs> Old could, man Randall. Yeah. <laughs> See him right now. He's going to listen to this raging out. with right. his, he, He's got a Sega Genesis, I think, is the most up-to-date console that Randy owns. <laughs> right, yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah, well, I guess we can just kind of jump into the review of The Void. Yeah, The Void. All right. Haven't you ever wished to save someone beyond saving, no matter what the cost? This is uncharted territory. The body has to adjust, of course. We weren't built for this kind of thing. You'd be surprised at the things you find when you go looking. There is something calling them all here. People get in here, what are we supposed to do? You saw it? What was that? Do you know where you go when you die? I do. All right, so... The Void is directed by Jeremy Gillespie and Stephen Kostansky. They were also the writers. Uh, the thing about these guys is they were part of the Astron 6 Collective, which Astron 6 is known for Father's Day and The Editor, two of my favorite films of the last decade or so. Yeah, you've, I've watched The Editor with you. Yep. Uh, and, God damn it, that was an entertaining movie. <laughs> right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, I have to say, it, it, it was... The only two movies I've seen by these guys now have been The Editor and this, The Void. Uh, and I knew this was one of your favorite movies of last year. So yep, it was my number one film from last yeah. year. Well, you kind of you didn't force me to watch this one. I actually willingly went into this thinking that you know maybe Scott has good taste. Right. Oh <laughs> <laughs> boy. Yeah. There's not really anybody uh, well known actor wise, but 
everybody in this film, for the most part, did a pretty decent job. Like, there wasn't uh, anything bad acting. No, yeah, the acting the acting was good. Yeah, and then, like, the one, the one thing, though, that this film is going to... It's got to be talked about for years on is just the makeup effects and the creature designs. Yeah, for practical effects, there was some damn good work in this. It it reminded me of a lot of the movies I haven't seen, but have seen like parts of, like the eighties classics, the uh, John Carpenter movies. Yeah, like the thing. Yeah, yeah, it's the a thing. heavily inspired by that, and like some of the some of the Hell Hellraiser type scenes. Like oh, I have yeah. seen Hellraiser. Is it three where they go to hell, or is it two? Uh, two. Two. Thinking of okay, two. yeah, I've only seen part two and part one, so I haven't seen the other ones of Hellraiser, but it did... You're not missing much. did kind of remind me a lot of that, you know, more than meets the eye type evil out there vibe. Yeah, because it's got a very Lovecraftian feel to the film. Yes, and when you said that before we watched it, you described it as Lovecraftian. Whenever anybody says that, I immediately don't know really what to think. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, oh, God, we're... There's... God, we're all gonna die. Yes, yep, pretty much. All gonna die. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, spot on. There's, it's like, uh, you know, it's it's a pretty cool story about like this cop who uh, he's got to go to this weird hospital that's in the process of being closed down. Yep, because he runs into it. He finds that guy in the middle of the street, all bloodied, and bloodied beat up. and beat up. Yeah, after being attacked by these weird dudes who like stab this. It's just nuts. But yeah, he gets to this hospital and. Uh, everything's all shut down and dark and weird, and then it gets just fucking weirder. <laughs> yeah, and that's one thing I have to give this one credit for, because a lot of uh, horror films that take place in hospitals, they always seem empty and devoid of people, which is not like a hospital. No. yeah, And this one actually had a reason for it, yeah. with it being closed down in the process of moving them to a newer place. Yep, yep. And there's, man, the fucking sadistic, evil, son-of-a-bitch doctor, and... Yeah. And the, oh, the, so the, <laughs> there are some scenes in this movie that really got me too, man. Like the, like you know, peeling of flesh and all sorts of shit like that. It gets pretty, it gets pretty nasty. Yeah, and the one thing like to start this off just to know, like, okay, you're in for something pretty creepy is when they go to leave the hospital and then they're just surrounded by all those cultists yeah, wearing the upside down triangle on their masks. It gets pretty spooky. A bunch of crazy cultists who. They are fucking nuts, apparently, because they seem to throw their lives away just a few times for no reason. But hey, yep. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you're a cultist and whatever, you're trying to summon some forgotten god shit, of course you're going to throw your life away. You right. Know, it, you you're, it's for the greater good in their eyes. <laughs> yeah. Oh. We had like uh, that. I'm, I remember that one scene that made you go, what the hell was uh, when you see the first weird creature transformation in the hospital bed? And it just, like, has half the person's face. Yeah, and... it's like, what the fuck? Yeah, because that, that chick was just sort of like, she's like, this isn't my face. And she's, yeah, like, all peeling, peeling it. it off. <laughs> oh, no. And turning over, looking over to you and seeing you see that part, I was uh-huh. laughing because you were cringing. I was like, oh, God. Yep, yep. <laughs> I bet you it'd be fun to watch my face in some of these movies. And just yeah, like, like I said, I want to make a, I want to do a video, live video of you, like, uh, reactions to your some of these films because yeah. it's entertaining as hell. <laughs> I, I, I don't handle that stuff well. Off topic, just for a hot second, at the Renaissance Festival, there was this girl that was doing, like, the human blockhead thing and, like, putting this giant four-inch-long nail, like, into her head. Yeah, that fucked me up, too. Anyways. I didn't believe it. (laughs) Back to the movie. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, it just got weirder and weirder, too, as it went on. And, like, it wasn't one of those movies where you could see a good outcome. You could kind of see there's maybe going to be a happy ending, but, like... 
it didn't really work out. <laughs> no, no, it didn't. Definitely didn't end well. Like, uh, and one of the things too was, uh, like, did you notice how, like, halfway through the movie, they start to go into the basement? Because, spoiler, the doctor is the crazy cult leader that is basically bringing the god, trying to like bring his daughter back. Yeah, yeah. And uh, when they go to the basement to find him, did you notice how that basement is just like bigger and bigger and yeah. bigger than it should be? There was some weird like, shit out going on. <laughs> yeah. And like people were just starting to hallucinate and just like the weird creatures that they ran into down there with the uh, one that kept slamming his head through the pipe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so th- this was definitely an entertaining movie. I mean, uh, no way around it. I don't normally like this kind of thing and I don't recommend this to people who don't like this kind of thing but I think you guys are starting to wear me down or something <laughs> I, or you might have found your little niche of horror that you I, like like the Lovecraftian stuff I don't know it was just it was enjoyable enough to keep me entertained without making me want to like scream and run away so. right because I mean the, the plot's <laughs> very simple there's not like it's not very deep but it's just like it's almost like a showcase for the effects yeah the effects were really good um, and it was just kind of cool all in yeah, all. and um, but yeah, like uh, you know, you said like earlier, like you had the Hellraiser vibe, which you know definitely came from the Doctor, who's like peeling his flesh off. And, oh yeah, uh, that was just weird. Yeah, and then <laughs> then uh, even the the weird the weirdest part, the one that really messed with me when I first watched this was uh, how he's talking to the cop's ex-wife, and all of a sudden she's pregnant, and. Uh, when the cop finally finds her in that room and she's just torn open and just like yeah, tentacles stretched out everywhere. Out yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. That, that uh, messed me up when I first seen that. I was just like, holy shit, no one is safe. Yeah. Yep. Which, yeah. Films like that, you, you know, you, you always expect everyone, like certain people to survive this. And yeah, you, you some of the people that go out in this, you're going, I didn't expect that. Nope. And I have to say, I'm a sucker for a movie that kind of leaves you with more questions than answers, and this was definitely, if you think about it, one of those movies. Like, Yeah, because there could be more that they could easily explore in this. Yeah, they didn't go into a terrible amount of detail, and they left just like a lot of wide-open ending hangings. You know, it's just like, yeah, they could have made another one. I don't think they're gonna, but... No, I, I think this was just kind of like their little uh, passion project that they wanted to do, because they split off from Astron 6 to do this. Yeah. And... The uh, Steve Kostansky and uh, Jeremy Gillespie are known mainly for being the makeup artists. Okay, like they actually worked on Stephen King's It 2007 or the 2017 It, and a couple other uh, horror films. Like they work on some big budget stuff, and they're great with makeup. So I think this was just kind of like their passion project when they're like, "Oh, we get to actually control the camera and all that. Sweet, let's have fun and see what we can do." Like it's a story they've. If I remember correctly, they said something about this was a story they've had like in their heads for quite a while, and they just wanted to get it out on film, like sometime like in the future when they actually had the funds to do it. And, well, kudos on them for fucking doing it because that's cool. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah, that uh, this I know you haven't seen this movie yet, though I'm sure eventually we'll have you watch it. But uh, that very end scene where you know the cop and his wife, who's somehow alive in this alternate reality, are literally on an alternate plane where they see the giant pyramid and stuff like that. That is uh, definitely an homage to Fulci's, Lucio Fulci's The Beyond, which, well, I'm sure you'll see it eventually because it has something very similar like that towards the end. And, yeah, that just, like I said, 
leaves it open and going, holy crap, they're fucked. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But it also brought up a question of, you know, he jumped through that portal with the doctor, but the doctor was not there with them. Yeah, yeah. So he's out there somewhere, too. Yeah, that's it. There's just... It would be kind of a cool thing to explore. I almost wonder want him to like write a book or something because it just seems like there's so much lore that could go into it. But then again, now we're talking to just go read some fucking Lovecraft. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Because <laughs> it's kind of the same type of weird fucking crazy shit, other dimensional shit. Oh, and wow, I can't believe I forgot to bring this up. But when he finally brings his daughter back. Oh, Right? Uh, the screaming baby monster with the baby face? Yeah. That was <laughs> just not not right. <laughs> that was just not right. Yeah, just the noises it made like were pure nightmare fuel. Yep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is that it was. It, yeah, just uh cuz yeah, the girl like there was a uh I know we're all over the place with this, but that's sure. Yeah, you know, well, this is loose talk for anyways, but uh you know, there was a character in the beginning of the movie that was a pregnant uh, girl. And, you know, that he ends up basically, she ends up basically being uh, on the side of the doctor with no one knowing it. And, yeah, she basically embraces the doctor and lets the doctor cast his evil spells of magic on her. And Yeah, there's some fucked up shit. <laughs> yeah, and that's how this, uh, his daughter is born. And it basically just rips through her and crushes her when it comes out. Yeah, yep, yep. Yeah, you guys should definitely give this one a check out. I mean, we're not going to give it like a, a score because we mean, don't. We could. we could. We don't have Randy with us. It's just weird without him. But you know, I'm, I'm kind of curious on what you would give it though. Ah, uh, well, fuck it. All right, score and time it is. Um, I I was entertained enough. I liked it a lot. It it wasn't something that I'm going to rush out to watch again right away. Uh, but it was a solid eight and a half for me. That's awesome. I'm glad, you know, just you stumbling down to watch it just because you heard it was one of my favorites from last year was yeah. enough to encourage you to like, uh, I, check it out. That's what I get for trusting you. You haven't failed me this time, but next time I bet you do. Oh, I'm sure I've <laughs> failed you several times. I mean, you know, we did watch Brimstone and you did not like that one. No, that's true. <laughs> that's true. But, uh, yeah, obviously, like, I was gushing about this film and it was my number one from last year. Um, and it still holds up on rewatchability. I would still give it a... 9.5 nice yeah I, I, I knew you really liked it yeah like yeah the story there isn't much to it but at the same time that's kind of its charm right okay yeah just because it's lovecraftian mm-hmm. lovecraft stories are like so incomprehensible anyways that it just uh this just kind of fits in that like vein right there like yeah the some of the acting wasn't uh the greatest but it wasn't the worst either it was just they were there yeah, yeah, they did well. Nobody, I think the director, if the acting was, you know, good, I think the director gets a lot of credit for that because I feel like they, they put a lot of work into just making sure that movie felt good. Right, and one thing I love with it being kind of a lower-budget horror film and doing the practical effects like that, they were very smart and obviously masters of the craft because they hit a lot of it in the dark and only showed you glimpses of it through the light, which I thought was a... You know, a brilliant way to do it. It's kind of like how John Carpenter's The Thing did it. Mm-hmm. Like, they hit a lot of that in the darkness, like the bigger, more expensive projects to make it look more realistic. Thank you. And our cat's just interrupting our show. Yeah, she's coming onto the table for some weird reason. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, 
This was our quick little mini review of The Void. Just wanted to give you guys something to listen to until we can get together to do The Legend of Hell House and We Are mm-hmm. Still Here, which... We, we are going to do those. Yep. Don't worry. Hopefully we'll be next week. We just got to get our schedules aligned and work on that and... Um, Might have to watch them a second time. Yeah, yeah you and I... <laughs> Randy, lucky, he hasn't watched them yet, where you and I, we watched them like a week after we announced them and now we're going to have to like go back and rewatch them like... Um, but one thing I am doing is I am reading the book uh, Hell House by Richard Matheson so I can talk uh, book differences to the movie when it comes time to review Legend of Hell House. So All right, cool. That should have some interesting knowledge there. Well, yeah, uh, yeah. and actually I just was been thinking about this. I'm going to go ahead, and since Randy's not here, I'm going to tell everybody, go listen to some metal. Specifically, if you haven't, and whoever's listening here probably has, but there's a group called Typo Negative. Yes. Yes. They're 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 not Randy's something he would normally bring up. They're more of a uh, I know though I know Randy does appreciate oh, he typo. Loves typo yeah, they are a gothic heavy metal, I suppose you could call or it. Or doom metal. Doom metal almost, but they're no cuz doom brings up that sludgy doom. Like So typo earlier stuff, I yeah, would say. Typo is pretty good stuff. Like they they uh, Peter Steele, the lead singer/bass player was originally in a band called Carnivore, which was more thrash metal, death metal. Um, and then when he started Typo Negative, it was almost, it had a lot more layers to it. it had a, It was almost atmospheric in certain parts of it. Like, in the beginning, it was rough and raw, and it was, it was I mean, it was always good. They were heavily influenced by things like the Beatles, oddly enough. Yeah, and, which is crazy. Yeah, yeah. You never think that when you listen to them. No, you don't. Uh, <laughs> but they're, you know, the type of music where they have songs that go on for eight, nine, ten minutes and change five or six times throughout the song to where the end of the song is nowhere anything like the beginning of the song. Right. Um, and it can go through really heavy to really light, back and forth. Uh, Peter Steele's voice. That's... This is the most iconic thing I've ever yeah. heard. So this guy was a giant. He, he, yeah. he was just a monster of a man. There was scenes or shows where he would play an actual upright bass guitar, a double bass, not a, not a bass guitar, but like the actual classical bass. But he would wear a chain as a strap yep. and then stand upright playing it, drinking a bottle of wine. And, yeah, characters, Peter Steele was a character. Yeah, uh, I remember seeing them live at uh, Harpo's. And uh, uh, Harpo's, if you guys don't know, is a concert hall yeah. from Detroit. It's a famous Detroit venue that used to be known for being shitty, but apparently has gotten some new ownership and is underway to actually being nice. Right, and unfortunately, when they were shitty is when I seen, uh, seen yep. them with uh, Lacuna Coil. And they had so many sound issues where, like, you know, they'd come out and the guitar wouldn't, uh, you couldn't hear the guitar. So they'd restart, and the piano wouldn't work this time. So they'd restart, and the vocals wouldn't work. So Peter Steele just gets on the mic and just goes, you fuckers get this fixed, I'm going to take a shit. And just walks (laughs) off stage. Yep. That's the type of personality this guy has. He was just goofy and, like, awesome at the same time. He was... Such like I think personally he was such like a dark nihilistic person that it was, but he was like almost nihilistic like off the cuff like he was he would tell jokes and stuff yeah and then but yeah at the same time like we're all going to die and there is no point to existence <laughs> right great but then you know, uh, my favorite album would be October Rust yeah I I would say October Rust or Bloody Kisses would be one of my two favorites yeah yeah because October Rust has that like different sound that. 
a lot of the other albums didn't really mimic where it was just a lot of beautiful just music with like and it was very like you said very layered yeah um but i do know that there's some decent love songs on there but they're dark like yeah they're dark loving somebody and committing co-suicide and all this other weird shit it's like oh okay yeah at the same time (laughs) you listen to it it's just beautiful music yeah so maybe a little bit of a uh departure from randy's more heavier stuff that he's brought up unless you listen to the older typo which is still pretty rough and raw which is cool (laughs) they actually one of their first albums was actually it's meant to sound like it's live despite the fact that it's not live the whole album which i thought was pretty cool like they're having they're yelling with the audience and all this kind of stuff and it's like (laughs) yeah yeah they definitely have like a weird sense of humor which makes their albums great and i think they had what like Six, seven albums, something oh, like that. Oh man, actually, I don't know, but yeah, they they definitely had a bunch of a bunch of albums. And they did a lot. They would always do covers on their albums too, and like covers you wouldn't expect. Like I, I mentioned the Beatles earlier. They did yeah, a Beatles the, cover, the Day Tripper song. Yep, the Jimi Hendrix cover, uh, uh, Cinnamon Girl. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yep, yep. Um, they they did a fun. Summer Breeze. Yeah, like they've like each album had at least one cover. It seemed like, and they were. Definitely, like, songs you would just not expect to be covered. And so, yeah, seven, it looks like seven feature-length albums, if Google is not lying to me, and a, along with a bunch of two best-of albums. Why would you do that? <laughs> <laughs> well, wasn't, wasn't one, like, the best-worst-of or something was, like that? There, there was the least-worst-of in 2000, and then the best-of in 2006, which, that's just silly. But, uh... Yeah, Peter Steele, no longer with us, unfortunately. He's one of those great musicians who passed on before he had a chance to write all of his good songs. But Yeah, way too young, too. Yeah, yeah. What was he, 40? 40 yeah, something? like 45, 46, yeah. I believe. Yeah. Big man. Drank a lot. Probably had some other habits that we don't know about. But, right. Uh, definitely tough to see him go. I always will be a typo fan. Even their newer stuff, despite me not having listened to it a lot, it's still, like, when I listen to it, and I, I dig it, it's good. They put together good music. Yeah. Yeah, like, they're they're always just, like, very unique, and ha- they almost always seem to have, like, a theme to each album, too, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, they do. They did. So, uh, yeah. Check that out. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, thank you guys for listening, and we will definitely... No, uh, oh. no, yeah, go ahead. Okay, sorry. Thank, yeah, thanks, <laughs> thanks everybody for listening, and we'll definitely be back here very soon with our full, uh, full episode, and hopefully be back on a normal schedule after that. Yep, hopefully here real soon. And I just wanted to say, I don't know if he's listening, but congratulations to Jacob Baker on your promotion. Uh, oh, he, nice, he, congrats, yeah, bud. He made Chief. That's pretty fucking epic for somebody. Wow, dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Kudos to you. Kudos, man, for sure. But yeah, until next time, last one out. Closes the coffin door. See ya.